Welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today my guest is Dougie March, who is well known as an internationally travelling preacher. He hits the road and shares his message of his testimony from prison to preacher uh, from the UK. How are you doing, Dougie? Doing really good, Matt, yeah. Now it's great to hear your voice. Uh, for those who uh, don't recognise that accent, what part of the UK are you from? Originally from Newcastle-upon-Tay, North East England. And tell us, what was your life like as a young fellow? What was your uh, family life like? Family life wasn't brilliant. My dad was uh, quite authoritarianism, and he would hit you with a belt and shout at you. So the gang sort of became like a family to me. And from an early age, running with different gangs in the area, and then eventually with a soccer hooligan gang following Newcastle United around the country. And tell us, uh, did you have any uh, religious upbringing at all? When I was a young kid, we got sent to, 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 to the local Church of England church. But it was more like uh, that they were just babysitting with so the parents could get out of the house for a few hours. Mm. So violence was a part of your life from a very early age and you were fighting in the schoolyard and you ended up in gangs and uh, you know running battles at, at football matches. You, you were right in the thick of it. Uh, tell us how bad things got before you came to the Lord. Well, when you're an angry, violent person and you're in a in a big city like Newcastle upon Tyne, you can you can have as much trouble as you can handle. So I was fighting most weekends. Um, I got addicted to cocaine. I was you know a heavy drinker. Then the cocaine took over. You get paranoid. You're in nightclubs. You're fighting. Um, I nearly got my eye gouged out. I had my nose nearly bitten off. Scars all over my head. And I ended up in seven different prisons for violence. And when you get into the prisons, there's actually gangs in the prison. So on my first prison sentence, uh, I was sent from Durham, which is a high-security uh, local prison, to a place called Havrig in Cumbria, where the Newcastle gang, the Ham Sandwich gang, were fighting the Quality Street gang, the Liverpool gang. And um, it was full-on in the jail, and I ended up getting put in the block and, um, you know, things things were as bad as bad could be. Uh, never would have ever, ever imagined me becoming a Christian because all I knew was, was violence and anger and who's in control and what we're going to do next and, you know, where the main people about town and um, if anybody's got any different ideas, we'll, we'll sort it out. So people who knew me knew us as um, always in trouble, always in the newspapers, and then it came to the year 1986, and for some reason, I just started thinking about my life, and I thought, you know, I can't keep living like this. This is so dangerous. I'm either going to get killed or somebody's going to kill me. And one day, I just found myself praying, and it was a kind of, you know, it was a kind of uh, trench prayer. It was just like, God, if you're there, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but if you're there, I don't want to live the way that I'm living, and I'm asking you to in whatever way you can, give us some kind of saying, come and help us, because I, I can't change myself. 
and two girls were on a Youth for Christ mission and they were evangelizing on the main street in Newcastle and they came up to me and started to tell us about Jesus. Went to church with a girl, one of the girls, a couple of weeks later. Um, the second week I went, I went on my own and I heard the gospel probably for the first time about Jesus dying on the cross and paying the price for all the sin of the world. And I heard from the preacher that he was paying the price for my sin. And my sin was the reason that my life was such a mess. And uh, I got a revelation of, of, of what, who Christ is, and that, that, he's, that he's the Son of God, and that he died on that cross, and that um, I could be forgiven. And I just thought, this is what I want. I want a brand new start. I want to uh, get out of all this mess that I've been in. So I went forward in front of the church, to the front of the church, and I, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And that was on the 18th of February, 1986, Matt. Well, it sounds like an incredible transformation. And, uh, you know, you, you said in your testimony, I was reading it on your website, that you surrendered your life to God and swallowed your pride and put selfishness to one side and then chose to do the will of God. How yeah. hard was it to make that choice? Well, you know, when you've lived the way I lived, you, you, you know, you live for yourself, you, you, you're proud. You, if anybody, you know, if, if, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be you. you. You're looking after number one. Um, I actually started to discover, look, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me anymore. I'm just this small human being in the, in the universe. And we've got this massive God who now wants, you know, wants me to be his friend, wants me to follow him. And uh, I started to realize that, look, I've, I've got to get out of the way and I've got to let God's will be done. And he called us to preach on the streets fairly early as a new Christian. And I just went out to my city center. People were coming who knew me. Ex-girlfriends were coming up. They couldn't believe that I was standing there preaching. Members of the gangs were coming up. They were looking. They were thinking, they were saying, Dougie, well, I can't believe that you're preaching. This is, <laughs> it looks like you, but you seem like you're a new person. And since that time, Matt, the Lord sent us to 40 countries around the world. It's been a complete adventure. I'm not saying that it's, going, that it's always easy. There's times when following Jesus is difficult and the old nature wants, wants to kick in and, and, and get you back to some of the things you've been involved in. But I, I just said, no, I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm a Christian. And if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be a proper Christian. And I'm going to, I'm going to live for Jesus with all my heart. There's going to be no half measures in my relationship with Jesus. It's inspirational to hear how God has used you to share your message all over the world. I'm also curious to know about how you got healed. You had a trapped nerve in your back. How did that healing take place? Yeah, well, I had a trapped nerve in my back from playing soccer. I used to play a lot of soccer when I was younger. I went along to this church. I was a fairly new Christian, and the guy at the front was talking about healing and does anybody, does anybody need healing? And, and I knew I had this this trap nerve in me back it was one it was making one leg numb so i went forward and the guy asked us what was the problem and i told him and he put me two legs on a on two chairs and and held my feet together and he said did you realize one of your legs is slightly long, longer than the other and i said no i've never really noticed that i don't walk with a limp and he said i'm going to pray and your legs going to grow and i thought wow <laughs> I wasn't really sure if it was or not, but I thought, I thought, well, if the guy seems confident enough, he prayed and one leg went right past the other leg and went, whoa, 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 my leg. <laughs> he said, it's all right, it's all right. And then he prayed and it came back and it was exactly level. And he said, you will never have a day's pain again with that, with that leg. And I stood up and the pain had gone. 
And I thought, wow, miracles happened today. So you, nobody could ever tell me that that, that that didn't happen because I'd actually I'd actually seen it happen with my own leg. I like to call it the uh, show and tell kind of ministry where, you know, you show people that Jesus can heal them and then yeah. tell them the good news and they get saved. Jesus did that kind of ministry, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. Does it happen a lot when you travel? Do you, you pray for a lot of people and see a lot of miracles? Um, oh, yeah, especially in Africa and a country where people are really poor. Uh, you, 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 like everywhere you go, there's sick people. One, one instance was when we were in Uganda. We were on the way to a meeting. And I saw this crowd, and um, I pushed through the crowd to see what was happening, because in Africa, you know, it could be anything. And there was a guy lying by the side of the road, and my first impression was, well, the guy's been knocked down by a car. Look, he's... So I went over, and someone said, no, this, this guy's been dead a couple of hours. He's, he's drunk poison, and he's, he, he, he's, he's spewed up, and he's, he's, he's just lying there. The newspapers were there doing a story, and the radio, local radio was there with a microphone doing a story. And I found myself getting down next to the guy, looking at him, thinking, you know, what, what a way, to, what a place to die in public like this. And I just found myself putting my hands on his head, praying, and quoting that scripture, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I prayed, I prayed everything I knew. There was a big crowd all the way around. I stood up, and I was just about to kind of apologize and say, you know, I prayed, I tried my best. I, that's all I could do. When the guy sat up, I went, whoa. And the crowd went, whoa. And the woman on the microphone went, you're not going to believe it. He's come back to life. Live on Radio Kampala. And that was God doing an absolute miracle. The guy came back to life. And three days later, I was in the newspaper. A little boy brought this newspaper. And there was me praying for the guy. And uh, I ripped his newspaper. I ripped a hole in his paper and gave him a few shekels. And I said, look, I've got to take this back because people aren't going to believe us. They're going to think, oh, Dougie's had a bit too much sun. So, yeah, God, God does miracles in countries. And I, I saw an amazing thing when, when I was in Kenya. This guy who I was working with said to his, uh, Dougie, I need a favor. So in Africa, you have to ask them, well, what is it? You know, could be anything. He says, my mother's running a brothel. I went, oh, no. I'm thinking that my mother, she goes to the bingo, but his mother's running a brothel. So we goes along and he asked, does she want me to bring the gospel? So she said she does. She looks at the floor. She's a bit ashamed. And uh, she brings all the girls out, the men who are drinking this little white, little white glasses of hooch, they, they, they scamper off. I preach the gospel, give me testimony. And the mother comes walking forward, big, big lady, gets down on her knees with tears streaming down her face, looks up at me and says, can God save a sinner like me? And I says, yes, and prayed for her. When I got home, you always ask a question, well, yeah, but did she mean it? What happened? I got a letter from him. A couple of months later, after I got back to England, saying that his mother had shut down the brothel, God had given her this job selling fruits, and she was going to outlying villages telling them about the love of Jesus, that when she was in a mess, God sent a man from England, and so now he's sending her to reach other people. So that was really encouraging, Matt. I also noticed in your testimony that uh, you not only got a physical healing when you came to the Lord, but you got healed of manic depression. And, you know, the statistics of people that suffer from uh, clinical depression is just, you know, horrifying all over yeah. Australia, all over the world. Yeah. Um, what, what were some of the, uh, the changes in your thinking and the changes in your lifestyle after you were healed of manic depression? Well, um, when I was a manic depressive, I was either very, very high or very, very low. 
And if I was high, I was like a right jumpy jack all over the shop. And if I was low, I probably wouldn't come out the house. So I started to stabilize. And, you know, obviously I went to see the doctor. And uh, she said, you know, I was looking great. But I said to her, I said, look, I'm, I'm not taking the tablets now. I've, I've been to a church meeting and I've been healed by Jesus. And she looked through me notes. She had this big, thick water notes. And she said, look, this is risky. you not taking your tablets. And I said, well, look, please give us a chance because I believe this time uh, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I am really healed and she give us a chance. Month after, a month went by, I went to see her and eventually she said, Dougie, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely healed. But will you do us a favour? I said, what? She says, will you not tell anybody? <laughs> and I said, uh, what, why is that? Because you're not doing your job properly. And if Jesus keeps healing people, you're going to be out of a job. <laughs> and she said, I never said that. I said, actually, unfortunately, I'm standing in the middle of Newcastle upon Tyne, preaching the gospel and telling people that Jesus has healed us. And then she looked at us as if to say, mm, I, thought, I thought you were going to say something like that. <laughs> so it was a real, real thing. But it, it is... And I, I, I do meet, I come across a lot of people, and it, it does give people hope that if somebody like me can get healed of manic depression by Jesus, um, that's hope for anybody. Mm, absolutely. And uh, tell us, is there a website people can go to if they want to find out more about your ministry and, uh, and your testimony? Yeah, it's uk. I've been uh, preaching on the streets in Brisbane, in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Broken Hill. So I've been diving around this this part of Australia, and uh, honestly, it is definitely God's country. I, lo- I love the people, and um, I'm just having an absolutely amazing time, Matt. Good on you, Dougie. Well, it's a great testimony, and uh, thank you so much for your time, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. God bless. God bless you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.